0: Hey, this is the Mark Butler Show episode 41, and I've already told you on this podcast within the last few episodes that I have a goal in 2018 to scale my business up a little bit, give my clients better service, and get more clients to serve. Well, in my my business, giving my clients better service really just is a matter of uh, following through and creating great processes and using my very small team to deliver that great service. It's not exceptionally hard. It just requires focus and consistency. On the other hand, scaling up marketing and sales is more difficult. What's well, more difficult for me anyway. I think that in any particular business model, the hard part is not so much figuring out how to give the customer a great experience. I think the harder part is how to get that customer in the first place. That's why customer service reps earn much less on average than salespeople, right? So I'm thinking about how do I create a sustained marketing machine that brings me the right kinds of clients at the right time that I can give great service to. I've always relied on referrals. The referrals continue to come, but they're sporadic. I might get three or four referrals in one month and then no referrals for two or three months. So what I've got to figure out is how do I create a marketing machine that gives me the right kinds of leads in the right numbers so that I can continue to grow my business And as I figure that out for myself, I'm only that much more valuable to my clients because now when they're trying to do the same thing, it's not that I'm telling them how to do it, but I can at least relate better and I can have conversations with them about, here's how we're going to build this marketing machine. Here's how we're going to pay for the marketing machine. See, today's subject of this podcast is is really figuring out how much you can afford to pay to acquire one customer. People are asking me all the time, can I afford to advertise on Facebook? Can I make Facebook work? Facebook is the monster right now in the online marketing world, in the coaching world, really the world in general. Facebook is the primary marketing channel other than traditional TV or whatever. Five years ago it was Google AdWords, now it's Facebook. So my clients always want to know, how do I make it work? How do I make buying leads work on Facebook? Well how to do it is of course not my expertise. I've never spent $1 on Facebook ads. My expertise is working with my clients on the numbers of their business model and figuring out whether their business model will even support a Facebook campaign in the first place. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. And then I also want to share some experiences with you where I did spend money acquiring clients, but none of it was on Facebook or Google for that matter. So let's talk about how you can figure out how much you could afford to spend acquiring one customer. And of course, the number that matters most in this conversation is lifetime value or LTV. And that number is the measure of how much revenue you can hope to earn from a single client in your business over the life of your relationship with that client or customer. And your lifetime value is driven by your business model, your price point, the number of products you offer. And I think another interesting thing to factor into this conversation that I don't hear people talking much about is the referral value of a customer. Meaning not just how much does a customer pay you over the life of your relationship with him or her, it's how much business does a typical customer refer to you over the course of that relationship? Because in my mind, calculating your lifetime value without an eye on the referral value is, is incomplete. Now, it's really difficult to calculate referral value of a customer over the long term But if you spend some time doing some research, you can come up with some numbers that will at least let you make an educated, conservative guess at the referral value of a single customer. Now, the way to calculate lifetime value is to look at either all of your customers or a big enough group of your customers and look at how much they've paid you over the life of their relationship. So I've spent the last 20 or 30 minutes here with a pad and a pen and my own financials in front of me. And I've gone through, through about four years of data, and I've picked some customers out from, from my you know, whole time spent as a freelance CFO. And I found that some customers tend to be with me very, for a very short time, two, three, four months, and other customers have been with me now four years plus. So I have lifetime values ranging from tens of thousands of dollars all the way down to about a thousand dollars. So as I try to figure out what my real lifetime value is, I could either just take an average and say, well, if you average all my clients together and factor in the amount of time they were with me and the amount of money they paid me, here's my average lifetime value per customer. I don't think that's very useful. I think strict averages like that tend to skew the numbers in a way that's that's not very productive. I think you're better off combining some qualitative analysis with your quantitative analysis, meaning pick a handful of your customers, look at the amount of money they've paid you over the life of the relationship. That's the quantitative analysis. Then look at the relationships themselves. As I looked through some of my clients that were very short term, I had to admit that especially in the early days of my business, I had a tendency to take on clients that I knew were not a very good fit for my service. They just didn't fit my niche. I think I talked about this in last week's episode. My positioning statement is I help life and business coaches who are generating more than 6 figures per year from a combination of one-on-one coaching, group coaching, online programs and retreats. I give them bookkeeping and CFO services to help them pay themselves more, build reserves, get out of debt. When I bring on clients that don't fit my ideal profile, they tend not to last very long, which means they tend to have a very low customer lifetime value. So when I'm trying to figure out, well, how much can I spend to acquire a new client? I have to acknowledge that if I'm undisciplined about which clients I work with, I can't afford to spend very much. But if I'm disciplined about identifying my ideal customer and then pursuing that customer, whether it's on Facebook or some other way, I can afford to spend a ton I have several clients that the relationship now, and just in terms of strict revenue, has been worth tens of thousands of dollars. And then when I went through those same clients and looked at the referrals they'd given me, the referral value is an additional tens of thousands, and all of those numbers are still growing because I'm in a retainer-based business. So if a client has been with me for four years, I can't predict what she'll do in the future. But if I look at the relationship and say, I seem to be solving the same problem for her today that I was two years ago. She still needs that value for me in her business. There's no hint that she'll stop needing that value for me in her business. So it's not totally unreasonable to say we could be together another two years, three years, four years. It's now occurring to me that I could be working with some of these clients for 10 plus years. That's great news. What it means is I can afford to invest massively in the right kinds of relationships. And I've been in business long enough now that I know what that relationship is. I have a pretty good guess at who that person is before I spend the money. Now this might sound weird because if we're talking about Facebook, yes, you can do targeting, target based on interests and income level and gender and all these things you can target based on in Facebook. But if you're in a high ticket business, one-on-one coaching, or a retainer-based service like mine, where lifetime values can run into the tens of thousands, then suddenly you can think about other media, other channels that are not Facebook. Early in my business, I did a sponsorship. I sponsored an event where there were going to be lots of coaches. At the time, I really didn't have a sense of the industry. I didn't have many clients at all, but I was trying to grow my business. So I spent somewhere between eight or $10,000 on the And I picked up three or four clients at that event. Now, I remember going into that event, how serious I was about trying to guess at how many clients I would need to get in order to recoup my investment within 12 months. I was hyper-focused on quick ROI from the direct relationships at that event. I did get three or four clients. I got them at my lowest retainer that I I was charging four years ago. Even at that really low retainer, I think I got enough clients from that event that I would have recouped my investment maybe within 12 months. Now I can look back and see how short-sighted I was because of the clients that I took on at that event, I don't think I'm working with any of them anymore, but I can point to tens of thousands of dollars of direct revenue from those clients And I can also point to tens of thousands of dollars in annual revenue that's ongoing in my business that I can trace all the way back to that sponsorship four years ago. Now, it's easy for me to look back at that sponsorship and say, maybe I got lucky. Maybe if I'd done three of those sponsorships, the two after that one would have failed miserably. Well, then I can do another calculation and I can say, well, let's say that that were the case. If I look back and say, I spent 10000 on that one. Let's imagine that I did two more and they both flopped completely, so my total investment would have been 30000 Would I still have amazing ROI as of today? Yes, I would have amazing ROI. In fact, I did do another sponsorship about six months after the first one. And at that one, same story. I took on a couple of clients that I really shouldn't have said yes to because they were not my ideal client. They both made one or two payments and then dropped out. I took on another client who worked with me three or four months, which was not amazing. So just based on those relationships, you'd say, well, that second sponsorship actually did kind of flop. Oh, actually that's not even a good example of a failure there because I just remember that I did get one client from that event and I just looked her up and she ended up paying me about $9,000 over the course of our relationship. So even with these not as great relationships that came off that second sponsorship, I still broke even from the event. But one of the clients I took on at that event who only worked with me for a few months, she then referred another business owner who is still a great client for me today. That client has paid uh, over $15,000, I think almost $20,000 to date. And our relationship feels strong and I think we'll keep going. And then she does occasionally refer people to me. I don't know that I've had a new client from her referrals yet, but she does make an effort to refer. When I look back at those sponsorships, I have to admit to myself that not only did they work, but I'm crazy for not doing 3 of those per year. Or at least trying to spend an equivalent amount of money in a way that creates similar relationships. Maybe I don't have to sponsor these big events. Maybe I maybe I sponsor small events. Maybe I spend those thousands of dollars in pursuit of a relationship with a few highly targeted individuals that I've identified as Not just great potential clients for me, but great potential referrers for me. If you are in a high-ticket business, it is the same story for you. If you do high-ticket retainers or high-ticket one-off engagements or high-ticket group programs and masterminds, don't just pump your money into Facebook hoping that it will all work out. Facebook may be a great channel for you. I'm not saying it isn't. What I'm saying is first, look at your business model, look at your historical lifetime value, Then figure out how to target, how to connect with the best possible people, and then spend your resources connecting with them. The math, I think the math will prove that you can spend more creating and strengthening those relationships than you realize. I know it's true for me. I've done the math now, and it's obvious to me that if I spent thoughtfully, if I thoughtfully spent $60,000 in the next 12 months in pursuit of what I know are the right kinds of relationships, that would probably transform my business in the next 24 and 36 and 48 months. I wonder if it's the same story for you. Now, what if you're not in a very high ticket business? You still want to figure out how much you can afford to spend to acquire a client. Well, here's what I'm seeing in the online world right now. It is very difficult to spend money acquiring clients, building relationships, whether it's Facebook, whether it's sponsorships, whether it's attending conferences, whatever you might want to do, it's very difficult to do that profitably without a high ticket offering in your business. And when I say high ticket, I'm talking multiple thousands of dollars. So if you have a $39 ebook or a $100 course or even a $500 course, if that is your primary offering and you don't have some kind of a back end offer, a long-term offer that that allows you to give great value to a client over a long period of time and receive a lot of money for doing it, you're going to have a hard time spending money acquiring clients and you'll have to rely on word of mouth and on your own time invested in content creation and networking and that, and that sort of thing. Not that those things can't work. It's just that the lack of a high-ticket offer in your business severely limits your ability to profitably advertise your business, whatever advertising looks like for you. Now you can make it work. My friend Jesse Mika owns you need more commonly known as WineAb. It used to cost like $60 one time. Then it switched to $50 per year. And now it's something like $85 per year, which is a tiny amount of money. He can afford to do paid acquisition in his business to advertise on Facebook and other places, not because his lifetime value is so high. I don't know what his lifetime value is, but you do the math: 80 bucks a year. Let's say somebody lasts four or five years. That's somewhere between 300, 400 dollars for a lifetime value. Well, a three or 400 dollar lifetime value is hard to profitably advertise on Facebook. It's just you're going to spend most of that three or 400 dollars acquiring that customer, and you got to spend it all up front which means it's gonna take you three or four years to recoup that money. But a big part of the reason it works for WineAb, and again, I don't have their numbers in front of me, but their business is doing great, so I have to assume their paid acquisition does serve them. The reason it works is because WineAb is so shareable. I'm best friends with the CEO, and I was the last person in my family, extended family, to use WineAb. I had brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. Everybody was using WineAb before I was, and I'm best friends with the CEO. The product is so shareable that you really can't talk to a, a, an avid YNAB fan without finding out that they've already referred 5, 10, 20 people to it. So YNAB can use its paid acquisition to build its referral engine. And they happen to have the cash that they can afford to do that. If you're in a business that's relatively low ticket, but gets shared like crazy, paid acquisition might work for you. But if you're in a business where your prices aren't super high and you don't tend to get a lot of referrals, you will find it very difficult to do paid acquisition. And in fact, not only will you find it hard to do it profitably, but one of the biggest reasons you'll struggle to do it profitably is you won't be able to spend enough money on the testing process to get the campaigns to work. It just, you won't be able to generate enough volume to really say, oh, this campaign worked better than that campaign. You'll just be spending a few dollars here and there for the next years, never quite knowing why it's not working. And even if you're not doing something like Facebook, let's say you're doing something like what I did with sponsorships or attending conferences. If your lifetime value is relatively low, then doing a $10,000 sponsorship when your back end is you know $100 per hour coaching or 10 sessions for $200 each, It will be difficult to make that work again unless selling 10 sessions at 200 doesn't just give you $2,000. It's also likely to give you two or three referrals that give you two or three referrals that give you two or three referrals. The key is understanding all those pieces. How much am I likely to get from this customer over the long term? How many referrals am I likely to get? And what are all of those worth? Based on all of that, how much of this can I cash flow? What Sponsorships, Facebook ads, conference tickets, whatever it might be. How much of it can I cash flow so that I'm building my marketing, and my referral engine without bankrupting myself? Do this math. If you've been in business long enough to have worked with five or 10 or 15 clients, do the math on how much they've paid you. Use it and, and do the math on how many referrals they've given you. Use that to help you figure out what you can do to use your money to ramp up that marketing, ramp up the number of leads and relationships you're creating. You might find that you need to adjust your business model, raise your prices, do something retainer-based, but do the math and then let the math guide you toward the right amount of money for you to be spending on creating new customer relationships. Hope that's useful, and I will talk to you next weekend.